Hello, dearest listeners, Claudia from Berzelaga here, and welcome to the Longevity and Lifestyle podcast, where I normally interview pioneers and thought leaders in all things longevity and lifestyle to uncover the latest research, strategies, tools, and practices to optimize your health, live better, and help you reach your highest potential. However, today's episode is somewhat different. I had the honor of being invited onto an Australian podcast, Female Entrepreneurs Powerhouse, with Tracy Liang. In this episode, we discussed my health journey, why I'm so passionate about living well and helping others do so too, biological age, chronic fatigue, why longevity, the future of disease, and much more. Before we begin, please hit subscribe to the podcast to get your weekly dose of longevity and lifestyle inspiration. And as always, I would love, love, love to hear from you. So please let me know by leaving a comment below what you found most interesting and or what you'd like to hear more of. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at Longevity and Lifestyle. That's at Longevity, L-O-N-G-E-V-I-T-Y and A-N-D, Lifestyle, L-I-F-E-S-T-Y-L-E. Without further ado, please enjoy. Today, it's my privilege to interview Claudia. So Claudia von Bozolaga, sorry if I pronounce your name Bezelager. wrong. Perfect, it's so tricky. <laughs> <laughs> it's passionate about biohacking, health span, and longevity. As the founder and the host of the Longevity and Lifestyle podcast, Claudia is on the mission to uncover the strategies, tools, and hacks to help us live better and thrive in all aspects of life. Claudia's mission stems from her personal experience suffering from multitude of chronic disease and biohacking her health back. Claudia is a serious entrepreneur, investor, conference speaker, and mentor. She began her career in investor banking at Goldman Sachs, later founding investing in and advising startups across the tech space, including health and medtech. Claudia is a futuristic, passionate about science, technology, innovation, conscious living, and biohack to live smarter, healthier, and longer. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you so much, Tracy. It's such an honor and pleasure to be on today. Thank you. As I said before, it's such a privilege for me to have this discussion with you because I know that the topic that we're going to talk about will benefit for so many of us and for many years to come. And I have got so many questions already written down. I don't know where to start. How about start from learning about you and a little bit of your childhood and your personal journey? <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> the pleasure is all mine. So I was born in New York and I was born to a German father who had been living 12 years in Central America. So already we were a bit mixed up there. And then my mother was born in Ireland, but kind of grew up in New York. So I already grew up in a household where everyone's from different places. No one really knew where they were from. And I guess that was the ongoing theme through my life because, you know, I ended up living in nine different countries, including in Shanghai. I lived in Buenos Aires and around Europe and the U.S. as well. I was in boarding school in Ireland. I went to university at Trinity in Dublin by chance, as life would have it sometimes. I heard about this great master's program, which was a three-year master's, a year in Paris, a year in Oxford, a year in Berlin. I was like, this sounds great. I know a bit of French and German. I can do this as well. Decided to take a year out in between. I went to Madrid. So I feel like I was pretty good at jumping at opportunities as they came up and trying to live life to the max. So that, I guess, is a little bit of sort of background. And then, as you said, in my bio there, you know, went into the very traditional investment banking, 
you know, when I graduated from my master's, it was really one of two choices. And we were really kind of conditioned during our master's to pick either management consulting or investment banking, not (laughs) two very health beneficial areas, but that's where my career started. And funnily enough, you know, growing up, my mom is from a medical background and I was always very passionate about medicine. You know, I was taught from a young age, you never go to a doctor's appointment without a long list of questions. Like you need to be on top of it. You need to have like thought through, you can't just kind of rock up and be like, oh, I'm not feeling well, you know? So I guess that was my foundation an interest in science and medicine as well, and really understanding the basis of things. And I went into then the tech space and startups, as you read out in the bio. Um, My health, if you will, started to deteriorate. Thankfully, nothing too major, but it was like chronic fatigue, chronic sinusitis, some allergies. One doctor said I had asthma. I was like, I've never had asthma my whole life. You're saying I have asthma now? I was like, this is just getting ridiculous. (laughs) Gut issues. And it was, you know... It really all came to a pinnacle one day as I was climbing the stairs and it was a beautiful day. I can remember it very clearly. And, you know, I live mainly in London and, you know, having a beautiful day, you do remember. So (laughs) not like in Australia. And so I'm climbing the stairs and felt like I could imagine climbing Everest, you know, one foot up, next foot up. And it was such an effort to just climb the staircase. And I looked at my watch And I couldn't believe it was not even lunchtime. And I had this aha moment. I had a business to run. I had two small kids. And I'd always envisaged myself as a Studio 54 grandmother at nine years old out partying at night and being a really good (laughs) grandmother during the day. And I'm thinking, I'm mid-30s. What is this? I can't even get up the staircase anymore. And I thought, you know, is this really the end? Is it just downhill from here? And I decided, you know what? I need to take my health back into my own hands. Because if it's like this now, what's it going to be like in 10 years and in 20 years time? So that for me was really my aha moment. And when I really then just took my health back into my own hands, I read hundreds of books, spoke with different doctors, also specialists and coaches and other biohackers and ended up biohacking my health back. And so much so I recently did a glycan age test. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's the most reliable marker of your biological age, which came back as 11 years younger than my chronological age. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm doing something right. (laughs) After a few years ago, I was probably 80 years old biological age. So I managed to really move it around, which was fun. And I guess that journey and, and that kind of suffering I went through, but then seeing the other side and that amazing benefit of actually having energy your life back like what you can do with your freed up time you're not going to doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment and feeling really unwell and lethargic and you know not really looking forward to life to actually being full of energy and excitement and planning and building things so that's where I am now I want to be in service to other people to help them you know people that are maybe at the edge of the cliff looking down and thinking you know this is it and it's all downhill and actually realize, well, hey, there is a bridge and I'm happy to help you across that. So long answer to a short question, but that's kind of part of the journey. And part of that, I launched the Longevity and Lifestyle podcast earlier this year. So I know podcasts well, and uh, it's such a pleasure (laughs) to have, you know, different guests on and an honor to be on your podcast. So thank you for having me and hoping to spread the word on living well and what we can do with it. Yeah, absolutely. That is such a beautiful journey. I mean, I'm somewhere, let's not go into the exact age. I'm somewhere between 30 to 40, but Mm -hmm. I felt like I am constantly tired and I'm constantly Mm -hmm. fatigued. 
and I have seven to eight hours sleep. So I'm really conscious okay, of that. That's good. So, I mean, that is such an interesting aspect to look at life, isn't it? Because the thing is, now that we're looking at, I don't know what the updated life expectancy right now, but definitely longer than what it used to be even 10 years ago. And now we're talking about not just living longer, because the thing is, if you're living longer, but you suffer from all sort of different health issues, mm-hmm. then what is the point really, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. And I think that that's the point as well. And I have people that are like, well, I don't want to be, you know, sitting on a sofa for another extra 20 years. I'm not excited about longevity. I'm like, hang on a second. You haven't, you know, got the point about it. It's about increasing health span. So those really healthy years, those middle healthy years when you're top of your game, full of energy, ready to conquer the world, like that is what you're extending, right? So I have an ambition to live to 200 in a 20-year-old body, right? I want to be 90 years old, jumping out of airplanes, climbing mountains. And, you know, why should that psychological barrier or that glass ceiling of age be an issue as long as you actually maintain a really healthy body? And we have the tools now. And what is alone happening in the last three years in terms of breakthroughs and biotech and technology, things that we can do to early detection of you know diseases, but also reversing of some diseases that come up so that so many diseases will be optional in the future or even now if we catch them early. Yeah, so I think that would be another thing that I was meant to ask you about. What is the future like in terms of, for example, a lot of the disease like dementias or many types of the cancer? What would be the future like? Because I'm very fascinated and I wanted to live like in 200 another, I don't know, 100 years and still healthy. And mm-hmm. now when I look forward, I'm thinking, what would my life be? And the thing is, now the biotechnology and also the medicine space are so much more advanced and it's almost feel like, okay, so are we going to be disease free? So that would be the ideal case, right? I guess it's not impossible. I don't know in our lifetime if we would see that, but I think with the advances of technology and the exponential growth of capabilities that we are getting to, you know, earlier and earlier detection of things. I guess to answer your first question around sort of dementia and cancer, et cetera, I think, you know, one of the most incredible things for me is that my mother, unfortunately, suffers memory loss, dementia, and it's actually reversible, especially prevention, right? So prevention is super key. And then early detection is the next step up, right? And so with my mother, she's on a protocol by Dr. Dale Bredesen, who has written the book, The End of Alzheimer's Disease and Reversing Cognitive Decline at Any Age. And, you know, even just focusing on that for a moment, it's a bunch of different tests that you can do. And what Dr. Bredesen has identified with his team is that dementia, Alzheimer's and neurodegenerative diseases in general has about 38 different potential causes, which sounds like a lot, but this is why there will never be an Alzheimer's drug that will treat it, right? Because there's different influences. However, if you reverse the main drivers of your specific dementia. And this is why personalized medicine is so important because it's so personal, right? And let me give you some examples. It's like high mercury levels. You know, there's people still going around with mercury fillings, like they need to be removed in a safe way, right? That's toxins going into your body. That's causing dementia, low vitamin D. If you lived in a house that there was a leak, even in the wall, if you've got that black mold, right? Those mycotoxins there, they get into the body and they stay. So you have to really detox them. You know, there's things like head trauma. So my mother's dementia memory loss is actually not because she has the APOE4 gene, which is a precursor or is an indicator of a chance of developing dementia. And I actually have a single copy, but interestingly, not from her, 
my father, who doesn't have at 83 any memory loss, which is amazing. Interesting. But hers is from head trauma, right? So she had a few unlucky series of events of falls. Um, She was at a gym. Someone left a treadmill on, you know, on one of these rows of treadmills. She fell, hit her head. She tripped over a step once. So three or four head trauma incidents. And then also a lack of hormone replacement therapy when she had a hysterectomy in the 90s. And, you know, just being on top of what we need as a human being and you know women are going to be a little bit different to men as well but you know are we getting the hormone levels that we need are we feeding our body the right nutrients that it needs in order to produce the hormones and the energy and things we need and if anything is off balance to correct that so for dementia it's kind of you know finding are you on the path already there are some tests that you can do and getting on top of it. For cancer, it's also similar. You know, do you have a family history? What are drivers? Are you in an inflamed state in your body? Reduce the inflammation. Like, what can you do? And I think we're living in a time where there's so many beautiful alternatives. You know, I did a food intolerance test, gosh, must have been about 15 years ago in Germany, actually, at the time. And I apparently had 60... Three, I want to say, different food intolerances. And normally they give you an alternative. And it was like pretty much rice and water, rice and water, rice and water. And, you know, I laugh at it now. (laughs) And I know that, you know, these things are also not fully accurate. But, you know, I think if I go to Whole Foods now, and I'm not sure in Australia if you have something similar, I'm sure it's very health food conscious there. But there's like edamame pasta. So I can make pasta and it's super healthy. And there's all these really amazing alternatives that are easily accessible. So, again, it's about prevention, catching it early. And what I also highly recommend is, you know, for people to find a functional medicine doctor because the blood values, those standard lab values that come back, if you think about like, you know, where are they from and who are they standard for? Are they standard for somebody my age and my ability level? And like, do you want to live on the lower end of standard or do you want to actually be in an optimal space? And that's what functional medicine looks at, right? So they look at being at optimal values because why not be in an optimum space? Like why be on the lower end where you can fall off a cliff, which I did with iron deficiency anemia. I mean, literally I had every iron marker was in the reds. I wasn't getting enough oxygen in my body because of it. So another tip, you know, just functional medicine specialists do all different tests and just keep on top of it once a year and just know where you are. And if anything is declining, then, you know, again, get on top of it and turn it around. So yeah, those are some key takeaways, if you will. Oh, yeah, there's so many takeaways. I have to listen back and write them all down. (laughs) Right now, I'm so focusing on everything that you said. And it's such a mind-opening because we never taught that way. Nobody taught us that way. And we always have this, I think it's the mindset that we need to change is we always think about, okay, so we are sick and then we go to the doctor. We don't actually think about, okay, so what is the underlying issue, the way that I feel? The way that why I said I always feel fatigued, even I'm getting good sleep and even I'm eating healthy. So, Mm -hmm. and the other things that I wanted to ask you, because I was listening and then you talk about early detection, how early is early? So, because I'm 30 something, so is that early Mm -hmm. or 20 something? It's early. So what do you mean by early? So the listener can have a feel of, okay, so where can I start? Do I start today or do I start five years later? Honestly, I feel like, you know, there's no better time than today, right? And in terms of, you know, even just establishing a baseline, right? So if you say, you know, I feel like I'm top health, I'm eating really well, I'm getting enough sleep, I'm doing really well. Why not go and do your annual checkup, ideally again with a functional medicine doctor to see are all your biomarkers in an optimal range, right? 
And that can be a baseline so that you know in two years' time that a few things have kind of fallen off a cliff. You know that that's actually what's happened. And I also partially think that the future of medicine will be much better tracking of your personalized health because at the moment, and, you know, I've lived in different countries. I've got blood tests from Madrid. I have, you know, things over here. (laughs) And it's a snapshot at a certain point of time. And the beauty of it is when you can see a trend happening, right? So that's what you're looking for is a trend. So by starting today and getting on top of where you are with different things, if something comes up as being, you know, a little bit low, well, then you can correct that already. And if everything is great, well, perfect, well done. And, you know, keep it up. But then when you go for your annual check up and um, compare against your really great baseline and see is anything you know gone off and askew and correct from there so yeah no time like the present as they say wow that's a great idea I think I need to get onto it and the other thing is I felt like in particular we are women our body is just biologically very different from men we have special duties we carry babies we deliver babies we raise babies and we go through this phrase called menopause and how can we actually prepare ourselves for going through, oh, not to mention that our monthly special timing, how <laughs> can we prepare ourselves? I know you can't explain everything in such a short period of time. So how can we prepare ourselves in a very simple way that we can live a life in a healthier, happier way, even we have so much things that happen in our life or so many important missions? Very good question. So I think you're asking me specifically for women. I think there's a kind of a baseline that is both male and female. And then, you know, especially coming sort of from the age of 35, and this is an area that I'm getting more into at the moment with understanding about increasing women's lifespan through dealing with hormone replacement therapy coming into perimenopause and menopause years. I think as a basis, one very important point, and obviously they're all interlinked, but one is even starting with mindset, right? So if you tell yourself every day, I can't do it, I don't want to do this, da, da, da. if you have all those like barriers that you're putting up around yourself, like nothing's going to happen. Like you need to make the choice. We need to make the choice within ourselves. I want to do this and have your why, you know, maybe for some people, it's their kids. Other people, it's they want to climb Mount Everest. You know, maybe it's other people, they just want to be able to go for a walk every day. Even that might be a challenge. You know, whatever your why is, really get clear on that and really be cautious of the self-talk you do. So I think that's like the very clear number one is that mindset, that self-talk and getting clear on your why, your motivation, right? I think the next step is then the nutrition. You were mentioning this also a little bit before. I mean, if you ask your average doctor how much nutrition training they had at medical (laughs) school, it will be most likely between zero hours and maybe one hour in a five to seven year training, which is just shocking because Medicine really is the food you feed your body every single day. And sadly, it's not thought about that. You know, and then I was speaking to someone who was at Stanford Medical School and they said, you know, who do you think pays for the medical schools? And it's the pharmaceutical industries. And and don't get me wrong, there are medicine that really are lifesavers for many, many people. So it's just there's so much you can do before you go down that medicine route, I believe. Um, So you've got the mindset, you're feeding your body foods that it just loves. And I mean, I think everyone kind of knows at this stage, you know, it's almost like go on the outer side of a supermarket, right? Go to the fresh vegetables, you know, the fresh meat, the wild meat, you be careful that it's organic, non-GMO and feed your body just beautiful things. And you will notice already such a shift in energy. And when you have more energy and you've got the right mindset and you're moving more, you're doing more exercise you already are in a completely transformed state. So you're not in this negative, 
environment where you have no energy and you're not doing any sports, but you're actually feeling strong. You're out and about, you're doing things, you're meeting people, you're having social interactions, you know, you're maybe killing it at work or your whatever passion project you're doing or with your kids, you're a whole new type of mother, right? Or father for men. So I think that those are really the key bases and together with sleep. So what you were saying with sleep and sleep was a big thing for me because I was the naive teenager and 20 year old that, you know, I can sleep when I'm dead because somehow I was able to manage on like three hours a night and I would still be pretty good the next day. But, you know, after hitting sort of mid thirties and especially with kids, like forget it, right. That's not possible. I mean, I wear the aura ring, right. So one of the sleep trackers where, you know, I used to kind of beat myself up, like, why am I tired again? And I'd be kind of annoyed. I'm like, aha, because I've had about five nights of, you know, only six hours of sleep. So I really work on the routines and things around that to get better. So Again, if you optimize that as well and you become very aware around that, then specifically for women. And I've had the chance to interview Dr. Louise Newson, who's quite at the forefront of helping women understand how important hormone replacement therapy is. And I'm very excited to be interviewing shortly the week after next Dr. Jennifer Garrison of the Buck Institute who is a scientist researching around women's longevity, especially reproductive longevity. And I think this is such an interesting space, particularly as women tend to have children later and later now. And just to take out that pressure of, you know, I have a few friends, like if you haven't had kids yet, then what are you going to do? And, you know, just to have that equality with men also in the workforce and, and a little bit less the pressure as well. And so what I'm understanding from these specialists is that, what really is happening is that your hormone profile is changing, right? Especially around estrogen, but also progesterone and even testosterone levels. Women have small amounts of testosterone, but it helps us get through the day. And I've had years where it was almost on zero. And that's why, hence the exhaustion and everything as well. And there are pretty simple tests that you can do to check your hormone levels. The problem with the current, and I'm, I guess this is a worldwide thing, not just here in Europe, but diagnosis for menopause is that they wait for one year after your last period stops and then they knows you but through glycan age and speaking with the ceo there that actually your biological age goes up about eight or nine years in that one year so oh. your body ages exponentially in a very short space of time if left untreated and by the typical diagnosis waiting that long is like you know basically throwing years of your life out the window when if you proactively get on top of it, and when I get more information, I'd like to maybe develop a course or something like that to help people actually understand. But if you get on top of it early, and this is kind of my mission at the moment, what I'm looking at in terms of bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, you exponentially expand those healthy years and youthfulness and brain cognition. I mean, Dr. Louise Newson gave an example of a patient who came to her who was this high-powered lawyer. And she said, look, I've, I've had to quit my job because I my, I just have brain fog all the time. Typical menopause symptoms. You know, I can't concentrate. I can't perform anymore. So this is it. I have to quit my job. I can't do it anymore. And she had given up her you know, stellar legal career that she was very passionate about. And Louise Newsom said to her, she's like, you know, have you gone on hormone replacement therapy? Tried it. And she put her on it for three months. When we came back, she's like, I've gone back to my job. She's like, I have a new zest of life. I have more energy I've had than in 20 years time. She, this is absolutely amazing. And I think that it's knowing what the hacks, if you will, are, or what are the things to look out for that are available, but not everyone is trained in this. And that's the point of spreading the word, right? So that if people know what to look out for, they can then ask their medical professional, you know, is this right for me? Or find one who's maybe trained in this and have that conversation. 
you know, who doesn't want to be 50 years old running around like a 20 year old, like me, please. Yes. You know, and this is, a, <laughs> this is what, what I'm aiming for. And I think it's such a gift. And especially if you've got kids, I mean, I'm a totally different mother than I was in, in when I had no energy and I was exhausted all the time. You know, now I, I'm almost like the cool mom. Like we go, we dance in the kitchen uh, to music and, and we have lots of fun in the meantime as well. And I think that that's what life is about. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely amazing. And I totally agree with that. And also, I think being a mom, I've got a couple of kids that it's a time that we spend with them that really it makes it different. It's not so much about, okay, so we spend three hours, but we can be spending three hours like lying down, watching a movie on a couch because I'm so busy and so tired rather mm-hmm. than just get up and having fun together. And I think that's a very different experience that we can give to our next generation. It totally is. And I grew up, you know, my mom had her own business. She actually recruited nurses from around the world, including from Australia way back when. And she, you know, was very, very busy. And my father used to travel as well with work. And, you know, that was fine. That was what it was at the time. But now I just really try to be focused and in the present when I'm with them. Obviously, the good old devices, right? We're all guilty of it. Just having that away and just being, you know, aware and and coming down to their level and and just another depth of quality of relationship. And, and sometimes I'm just so amazed at these little human beings and like what they know, the humor that they have, like the funniest things that they say when I'm really listening. And so I've really been trying to work on being a you know present mom. And it's not that I have all the time in the world, sadly not, right? Because I'm, I'm building my business and, and different things going on. But the time that we do have, I try to really be, be there and focused and present. So what's your secret of balancing this thing called life and business? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't have a secret. I am definitely still working on it. So I'm always, I'd love to ask you the same question, Tracy, how you manage it as well. I think for me, one of the helpful points, again, it's not perfect, right? But morning routine is super critical for me. So I get up extra early and, you know, some days at 6 a.m., sometimes 5.30 a.m., I jump on the Peloton. I don't know if you guys have it there, but like my bike, and you can do it with friends as well. So it's fun and accountability. I have my morning priming, which is a mixture of sort of breath work, some Qigong visualization, which is super helpful. And then I have my shower, including my cold shower. And I don't get sick anymore. So cold showers are the way to go. If you can bear it, at least at the end for one minute, do a few deep breaths before, but real game changers. And by 7 a.m., I'm really ready to conquer the day. And I'm fully awake. I'm fully with my kids. You know, we have breakfast, get dressed. You know, we take them to school, we have nice chats and, you know, you just start your day in a completely different way. So I think by carving out that self-care time, even if it means getting up early and trust me, I'm a night owl, (laughs) so it was painful, but it's a matter of routine and the benefit is just totally worth it. So having that great start to the day, I think, is, is one of the keys to having a good balance and having that kind of good way to start the day and mental mindset. And then, you know, just scheduling certain things in and you know having to say no to things as well so that's also part of what I'm working on is you know the art of saying no gracefully I used to have FOMO and now I'm trying to enjoy JOMO the joy of missing out oh Um, I love it right yeah yeah I mean I, I don't always manage it and especially now coming out of COVID and there's more things on and more things to do but I think when you get aligned to your purpose and you have your true north then it's easier to say okay is this really in line with my values and what is really a priority for me right now or not and yeah through having that alignment it's easier to to say no right or you know no thank you 
and <laughs> to, to reprioritize. Yeah, to, you know, because it's always, you know, it's so kind, you know, of invitations and things as well. But again, it's, you know, having that those priorities and that true north and having that charity as well. And also, I think for me, it was that, you know, being at peace with yourself or being happy with yourself and valuing your own time to think. If you think about also where do you add the most value? Is it when you're typing an email? Probably not. It's actually probably when you're thinking and using your intuition and your creativity. That's where you're creating a real impact and doing something really unique. So having time in the day for those moments as well. Wow, that is such a wisdom. And just to add on that, I actually started the co show a month ago. I have to say, that is such a game changer. I have to say, I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think. Well done. And I did the whole shower, not just the end. I jump in <laughs> and oh my God. Go Tracy. You know, it's in the middle of winter in Australia right now. I started and it's um, cold, right? It, it is so cold, but it's so good for the mind though. I get yeah. up in the morning and jump in and obviously that you know that jumping in a cold shower has actually made my body a lot warmer than I jump out of the bed. And that one month really changed my whole mentality, the way that I prepare the day. It's really, really cool. It's and beautiful. That- yeah. And I mean, anti-inflammation, you don't get sick. I don't feel the cold anymore. I can have the window open. People are like, oh, it's freezing. I'm like, really? I used to be like, I'm frozen. I couldn't feel my hands on my feet. Now I don't feel it anymore. I don't get sick. It's beautiful. And I mean, nothing wakes up like no. that in a foghorn. <laughs> no, um, no, so definitely. You're, you're, yeah. No, no. So just before we wrap up, I do wanted to ask you one business related question. What is your biggest lesson that you have learned from running your own business? Oh, I mean, I've run different businesses as well. I mean, I guess it would come down to finding something you're really passionate about. And then it's not actually work. It's such a pleasure. It's so exciting every day. I mean, okay, yes, you know, there are the emails and the things that you kind of have to do. But, you know, if you're able to structure it in a way that you are doing something you love and you know for me it's such a passion project right I mean I've been there I've suffered and and I'm here to be in service to other people and help people not have to fall down that cliff in order to get back up again hopefully but actually build a bridge and show them how fun it is at the, the other side so I think that that for me is a huge learning in terms of really taking the time to find that passion. And Joseph Campbell says it so well, you know, follow your bliss, right? Not follow your happiness, but your bliss, right? And I think that people understand the meaning of that word, really. And if you can create that, and if you can't, okay, well, maybe that's your hobby or your side project. And it's exciting because it kind of develops from there. I mean, I have the podcast and, and I'm launching a few online courses now as well. The three steps to biohacking your health, transforming your life and creating the unstoppable you. So watch this space. I can share the details with your listeners as well, as well as some online workshops that I'm doing also with some other people in the biohacking and gut health and neuroscience space. Because that would be my sort of gift to humanity to try and help as many people as possible, you know, thrive and live to their true human potential and create a positive impact in the world. So it's exciting times. It is exciting. And it's such an honor to know you. Now, um, I think you need to share with us where we can find you, because I'm sure that after this podcast, so many of us want to love to connect with you. And I have to say, I'm sure that the listener cannot see you. Do you know the first time I look at your picture and I said, she looks so beautiful. Obviously, I'm not going to show the true, (laughs) true age of your real age because you read it on the description. I'm like, that is no way, no way, zero chance that 
she is that age and she looks so beautiful. So I'm sure that we'd love to <laughs> Thank connect you, with Tracy. you. So tell us where we can find you. <laughs> Website is being redone, so I think social media is probably the easiest. So our handle for Instagram is at longevity, which is L-O-N-G-E-V-I-T-Y and A-N-D lifestyle, L-I-F-E-S-T-Y-L-E. So at longevity and lifestyle, which is also on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, Twitter, we're only just slowly starting to build now as well. Obviously, the podcast, the Longevity and Lifestyle podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. If you um, want to hear some of the interviews with the experts as well. But yeah, no, I would, would love to connect with people and, and see how I can help. And as I'm launching the workshops and the online courses, I'm very happy to circle back and share those details with your listeners as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Claudia. This is such a pleasure, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me on. The pleasure is really all mine. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Claudia here. Before you take off, I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned as much as I did. If so, please hit subscribe so you don't miss out on our next episodes. I would also love to hear what you thought, be it your favorite part, quote, or other feedback from the episode. So please leave a written review on Apple Podcasts or on social media. And if you think this episode will help someone in your own life, share it with them. Together, we can change our own lives and the lives around us for the better. Until next week, goodbye, farewell, and choose to live well. (laughs) 